Isaiah 61, we're going to have to run really hard. I hope that you picked up on the Spirit in the house this morning. It's all about the moving of the Spirit. Say the moving of the Spirit. I believe and I say it to you today, there are timings in God. There are specific times. I'm not going to be able to get to all the Scriptures this morning, but we'll process them as time goes. There are timings in God. Jesus was born at a specific time. At the right time, Christ died. There are specific timings in God. The rest of the stuff is like it goes along. And as Nathaniel did with the, with the worship this morning, he'd sing futuristically, but then he'd say, but right now. There's stuff that we speak about in the future, but we should be working at it, moving at it, stepping on it as if it's right now. You get that? There's stuff that's in the future of your life, but you should be working at it, stepping on it, speaking about it as if it's right now. Abraham believed in a God who called the things that be, that called the things to be that were not. Believed in a God who called the things that be not as, or as if they really were. All right? And God helped him with that because he was battling with this whole father thing. So God changes his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. And so he's literally introducing himself. He doesn't have a child. He's, not, he's too old to have one. Sarah has been declared barren, and he's going around in the city's gates introducing himself as father of many nations, pleased to meet you. Father of many nations, pleased to meet you. And when he walks away, the guys are going, you are kind of crazy. There's no way you can have a kid. You're too old, and Sarah is barren, but he's introducing himself as father as me. Oh, I hope you're getting this. Sarah's name gets changed from Sarah to Sarai, which means mother of princes. And the two of them are walking around calling themselves parents, and they possess nothing yet. Hello. I know of a woman who called her husband apostle, and we all thought she was kind of crazy because this guy couldn't speak two words together, and his business acumen was really in the ground. She said, my husband's going to be profitable. He's going to be highly favored. He's going to be blessed. He's going to have more than one business. His parents, his brothers, yes, the Owens and the Boeland can hard for us, but they The people up there in, 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 in the, the vineyards and the places, they hard sometimes on their kids. And all his brothers were recognized, but his dad like, mm, dissed him. I can take you to his house. I can take you to his transport company. That woman just, people thought she was crazy. She said, my husband is this, my husband is this, my husband is this. You're getting irritable now with this woman. And she kept on saying it. And when we looked again, that guy would sit in a coffee shop with us and talk the most beautiful revelation, soft-spoken guy, very, very introverted. He'd sit and talk the most beautiful revelation. He was mature. He'd sit in business meeting and give other guys direction. Soft-spoken. You would never say he's like this, really. But when he spoke, it had authority. Hello? We've got to say what God's saying about us. All right? So, hmm. Isaiah 61. Verse 1, the Spirit, say the Spirit, 
of the sovereign Lord is on me. Oh, I don't think you started the service well. What did I say you've got to say? You've got to say stuff about you. Say the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. When? Will be? Yes. But now. Say, but now. Church, I'm speaking to you this morning from a place of the doors are already open, the river is already running, but we need to get into a position of expectancy, of seeing it, but speaking it as if it's now. There's a great awakening coming. There's a move of the Spirit. Prophetically, I'm speaking to you this morning and saying to you, we've got to say what God says about the world. We've got to say what God says about ourselves. We've got to say this morning what God is saying. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Say, I'm anointed. To preach the good news. Say, I'm not a pastor. No, I didn't mean you to say that. <laughs> I know you're saying to yourself right now, I'm not a pastor. But you are a carrier of the good news. And whether you preach it while you're doing someone's hair, or whether you preach it while the petrol's running into your tank, or whether you preach it while you're teaching somebody computer, or whether you preach it while you're teaching somebody music, you're preaching. And what you should be preaching is good News, hallelujah. So he says, to preach the good news, and he says, um, has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives. I hope you were looking at what we're saying this morning. And release from the darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of Lord's favor. And in Isaiah 61, he goes on to say, and the vengeance is of our God to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those um, who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, an oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for display of his splendor, and they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. Quickly, quickly, the Isaiah is speaking to his Israeli nation that has been locked up in Babylon, and he's talking about the restoration that's taking place. When they come back from Babylon, they are going to be restored. They're going to put on beauty for ashes. They're going to put on oil of joy for mourning. But Jesus comes. Now, you've got to hear me this morning. Jesus is the fulfillment of every prophetic prophecy in the Old Testament. He comes and He's the fulfillment. All the prophets prophesied unto Him. John being the last in the line of those prophets, they prophesied Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus walks into the temple. Luke 4, verse 18. And the book is given to him to read. And he gets up to read the book. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. And he reads all of it down to the acceptable year of the Lord. He gets to the end of that, and he ceases to preach. He doesn't say the year of vengeance. In the Isaiah version, the year of vengeance, first of all, because it's addressing something of Israel coming out of Babylon, to them it was their deliverance. 
to the Babylonians, it was vengeance. Whenever God fetched His people out of captivity, those who had captured them, time for repayment for their bad deeds, filled up to a place, and then God punished the ungodly. But Jesus comes and cuts the sentence in half. He doesn't say the year of vengeance of our Lord because the vengeance that's now about to take place in the spirit realm for His people is going to be on Him. He's going to take your sin. He's going to take your sickness. He's going to take your judgment. And He's going to become the the ultimate sacrificial lamb. He's going to take the punishment. He's going to take the wrath of God. Go and read Isaiah 53. Wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, going through the chastisement of peace was upon him, and, and he bore the iniquities of us all. Go and look at what the prophets prophesy. Jesus says, today, he hands the book back, gives the book back, and he says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears and everybody's eyes. Are upon him. Now, the acceptable year of the Lord is the seventh seventh. Seven sevens are 49. The seventh seventh. So, the sabbatical seventh. Every seventh year, Sabbath rest for the fields. Then, the year that they don't plant anything, they eat what comes up. Then they hear what they're waiting for, the planting, and then they harvest, and God supernaturally provides. Hello? But on the seventh of the seventh, on the 50th year, they have what they call the year of Jubilee. What happens? Slaves are set free, debt is canceled. All sorts of good things happen on the year of Jubilee. It's like a kickstart to the economy. Everything gets put back to zero. And people set free. Slaves gone. Debt gone. All of that gets done. And Jesus says, this is now completed in me. Can I tell you something? They don't celebrate that feast in Israel no more. Do you know why? Because Jesus is the completion of that feast. And no more jubilee. Because Jesus completed it that day. He said, this is now your jubilee. Your debt has been settled. Your slavery is gone. Oh, come on. I'm giving you beauty for ashes. I'm giving you oil of joy for mourning. I'm giving you, I'm giving you, I'm giving you. So quickly, how much time have I got? Noch a biki. So I'm preaching on Thursday. And I get to a thing I've spoken about so often, so often. I get to the, the, the John 7, 37 On the last day of the feast, Jesus stands up and with a loud voice he says, Rivers, anyone who thirsts, come unto me. Out of your innermost being, say out of me. 
will flow rivers of living water. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, hmm. And the Spirit goes, and puts it in Acts 2. Because if you go and read John 7, he says, this he said of the Spirit which had not yet been poured out because he had not yet been glorified. So in John 7, he's declaring the coming of the Holy Spirit. The rivers. Say spirit life. Say river life. River life. Say there's a life in the river that's abundant. Say there's a life in the river that's flowing. Say there's a life in the river that's vital. There's a life in the presence of the river that we all need. Come on. Come on. So he's saying it about the Spirit. So let's jump to the Spirit in Acts 2. He says, on the day when the day of Pentecost had fully come, God poured out His Spirit in the upper room. Peter gets up to talk because they think these people are drunk. Not because they just thought it, because the people really looked happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> Why? My debt's been paid. <laughs> when the Spirit comes, Jesus said, you'll start to understand. You won't understand what I'm telling you now, but when the Spirit comes, He's going to lead you into all truth. You need spiritual perception to understand how free you really are. You need spiritual perception to understand how blessed you really are. You need spiritual perception to, to know how anointed you really are. Ha. He said, when the Spirit comes, He said, when G in Joel prophesied, He said, this is that. Now, are you ready? Say, now. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Say, me. me. Now. now. He didn't know what I'm going to preach. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Say, I am part of all flesh in the now, the river life is mine. It's about to flow out of my life. And everything that accompanies river life is mine right now. The Spirit is here. The atmosphere is changing now. It's time for a now move of the Spirit. It's time. It's time for a now move and I read that thing, and I get goosebumps on my goosebumps, and I'm going, God, this is absolutely awesome. Because I realize God's saying, listen, people are getting ready for last day things. Apocalyptic things. Do you know that they use that word out of context in Hollywood? They use that word out of context in thousands of churches. They use that word out of context. That word doesn't mean hailstones. That word doesn't mean end of world. That word in the Greek is to reveal. That's all that word means, to take the cover off. If you read the first 
couple of verses of Revelation, it says this is the revelation given to John, the revealing, the taking the cover of, of Jesus Christ. I, I could look at you right now and say, won't you all just stand up and be a revealing? Because God's about to reveal His Son in and through you. You are a revealing. Paul says, I was called... Before it was formed in my mother's womb, God called me to reveal His Son in me. The purpose of your life is the revealing of the Son. Say it's all part of the river life. There's a flow. There's a, there's a showing forth. There's a mighty flow of the Spirit that needs to come right now. And He says, in that last day, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What am I preaching to you this morning? The world needs a worldwide revival right now, right here, right this moment. It needs it like it's never needed it before and in that time, God is going to save. It's going to be a worldwide. It's not going to be a Stillfontein revival. It's not going to be an Argentinian revival. It's not going to be a British Isles revival. It's going to be a worldwide revival that God's going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. And everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's time for your children to be saved. It's time for your auntie to be saved. It's time for your, your grandchildren to be saved. It's time to see a move of the Spirit. I was listening to a guy, someone sent me this guy that did all the outside um, services, the guy with the long blonde hair in America, had those, those, out, those, those outreaches outside. When they closed the churches, he went out into the streets, and he had, he, had, he, had, he had meetings of thousands of people together outside. They were baptizing them in the ocean. He's in, in a church, and, and, and they, they're talking to him. And he's, he's actually a political guy that became a preacher. And he says, I cannot stand still when they've just passed a bill for abortions to the level of a fully term child. Not three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, or whatever. They said they now have the permission in the States to terminate a pregnancy at full term. That's murder of children. That is murdering children. Hello? Don't get me wrong. If you're sitting here and you're a woman and watching later on, you've been through that. There's forgiveness for that and there's understanding for that by God because of what you went through. But it doesn't mean that God, God hates sin does not hate the sinner. He will restore you. He will do good to you. He will love you, and you'll be saved. But I cannot stand back, and you cannot stand back and allow murder to take place unspoken to and unspoken of. All right? So hear what I'm saying now. When Moses was born, they killed the babies. When Jesus was born, they killed the babies. Say, timing. 
They're killing babies like they've never killed them before on the face of this. Why? Because it's time for God to do something in the earth that we ain't seen before. It's time for river life. It's time for river life. Won't you stand with me? Won't you stand with me this morning? I'm sorry I couldn't get to, to everything I wanted to get to. Oh, God, we love you. Isaiah 43, streams in the wilderness. A place where streams shouldn't run. When God's presence arrives, there are streams in the desert. There are gardens blooming in wilderness places. Holy Spirit, God, don't you just stretch forth your hands this morning. What is in your hand? What is in your house? I don't find it strange that oil was in both widows' houses. Oil is symbol of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus speaks to the woman at the well. Water is in question. Come to the waters, Revelation 22, and drink of the waters of life freely. Say it's time for the river. We are in the river. What are we going to say? We're going to say the things that are in the future, but we're going to say to them as if they're right now. Say, we are in the river. There is a river. The streams thereof. My glad the city of God.